It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Face of Chicago Business Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Megan Robinson, who brought wine. I did bring wine. Well, thank you for doing that, and thank you for being here. Of course. I'm very excited to be here. We're excited. I love what you're doing, and I'm glad the little bit of wine might help. That's how we met, is through wine, right? Yeah. We were connected, and I was working with a wine retailer, mm-hmm. and you know, as soon as you get in the wine industry, then you have to kind of be the person that brings wine to every event. Hey, I'm not complaining. This is amazing. And it's an amazing wine too. Seriously, it's so good. So thank you. you. I'm glad you enjoy it. But on that note, um, so you're not originally from Chicago. You are originally from Portland, correct? I am. Well, I think you're the first to be from Portland. So congratulations on that. Um, I don't know everyone in Portland. Please don't ask me. So is it, I mean, I guess I've only seen, I think an episode or two of Portlandia, but does it represented at all i'm gonna go with 90 80 percent really is pretty accurate okay um (laughs) that's hilarious it it is pretty funny i have only seen the earlier episodes like the put a bird on it and the chicken which felt very true to the portland that i know yeah i haven't lived there for 10 15 years now so i'm sure it's changed a bit do you miss it i do i still have all my family out there so do Um, you miss it or do you miss family more or both Yes. Both. There's a nice comfortability with it. It's the open air. It's the Pacific Northwest, but mostly it's family. Yeah. Uh, who is out there? So um, so all of my aunts and uncles and cousins and parents and my grandma. The big family? Uh, I mean, it's Average. growing, right? Every generation, we're getting new grandkids or great-grandkids now. Um, but we actually grew up very very close oh that's so awesome there was three different families all of us lived within five miles of each other so are you an only child no i have a brother he's a year and a half younger than me oh so very close in age yeah what was that like growing up um it was older tough. sister i'm definitely typical older child typical younger child relationship really oh a very classic very textbook okay um but it, it was tough like we especially being closer in age yeah um, that's really close. It, yeah. It was just one year apart in school. And so he was always following me and I was always oh, following you. Just couldn't get <laughs> rid of him. Not quite. Um, he, you know, we really wanted to carve our own paths. And sure. so we did go in very different directions. But after, after we matured a lot more and especially after I left for college, we became much closer. Yeah. And yeah. with 3000 miles, will do that. Uh, 3000 miles. will do that. Uh, I talked with him this morning though. Um, now all of our conversations are, this is what mom and dad are doing, mm-hmm. or do you have a pulse on this yet? Or can you believe it? Now it's the, you know, oh my gosh, you won't believe what happened or I can't. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. And speaking of which, so you actually left to go to Boston, right? So that's where you went to Boston university. I did go to Boston university. Yeah. I left, um, uh, very, very far away. But it was really focused and intentional, and I really wanted to study advertising marketing, loved their program, wanted to be in a big city. Yeah. You know, you get out of sleepy Portland, or you kind of, as a kid, think that it's the worst place in the world because it's where you grew up, and there's so much more out there. And I got a totally different experience, didn't know a single person there, um, and it was amazing. Boston's a great city to go to. How would you compare it to Chicago? Because a lot of people have heard... And then we talked about this. It's like a smaller version of Chicago. But you're like, yeah. Um, 
it is like you have the brownstones. It's definitely shrunk down. It's way easier to get from neighborhood to neighborhood. But I always kind of like to joke that I feel East Coast people are very gruff on the outside mm-hmm. and they're a little tougher to get to know. But as soon as you get to know them, they are deep and connected and they're friends for life. It's like a like, flip switches, right? Yeah, immediately. But I do feel West Coast people tend to be really nice on the outside, but building those strong relationships and bonds doesn't happen as easily. And it's just a little bit lighter. It doesn't go as deep as the East Mm -hmm. Coast. But Midwest has really been a blend of both, where people are nice, and I've made some fantastic friends here. No, I think Chicago is just unparalleled when it comes to that. It is. The community is incredible. And you mentioned even like the networking aspect of it. I think we take for granted how easy it is to you know, connect with people here. Yeah. When I started, um, I went to one meetup group and I was like, okay, let's do this networking <laughs> thing. And I go to a meetup group and I got invited to another group and I got invited to another group. And that's how I found the Chicago networking community because everyone was so open and welcoming and wanting you to be there. And yeah. it was really, really nice to see that happen. But now you didn't just get here. You didn't go to Boston and then end up in Chicago, right? I mean, you, you've, You've made some uh, travels, or you've 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 seen some things, right? I've seen a couple things. <laughs> no, you were telling me it's pretty cool. Like, uh, so you graduated uh, 08, mm-hmm. and it was really at the the beginning of another, or the our first recession for many of us, right? Yeah. Um, and you couldn't find work that easily. Yeah, I graduated a little early in December, and I was at an internship, and. <laughs> I just, you know, walked in one day and 10% of the employees were laid off. It it was just, I don't know who to report to. I don't know what to do. And so it was a really scary time, but I mean, everyone was feeling it differently. And I ended up just going back home, kind of tail between my legs. You know, when you graduate Mm -hmm. school, you imagine you're going to get this amazing career and you're going to have an internship that turns into a job and you're going to be set. Um, So it was a really rude awakening. But, you know, I, I look now at everyone from that class and what they've accomplished and overcome from it. And it's, it's really impressive. And everyone found their footing just a little bit later. I mean, I know we're not going through what we're going through now rather is a lot worse, right? I mean, things just shut down, but for those that maybe are in college or graduating, right. Or have graduated now they're maybe experiencing something similar. Like what advice would you give to maybe see the light at the end of the tunnel? To take the time and really appreciate it and know that your professional life will begin (laughs) and you will work yourself more than you thought that you were and you thought whatever you had come to at that point was really tough and then it's just going to get tougher. And so if there's any way that you can enjoy and appreciate it, do it now. I had the opportunity to take a couple big trips and actually know, save some, some cool money. trips. <laughs> Stay at home a little bit. Yeah. You know, mom and dad are great. So now when like so like I said, different times, different circumstances, right? Yeah. But as far as the way you kind of navigated that, because you wanted to be a you in, in advertising since you were thirteen years old, you said, right? Yeah. How how do you like to say, you know, I know that you say now look look at it like always yeah, it, always, always. But I, I guess what I'm asking is from a mindset perspective, right? Being young, being, I don't know, just impressionable. And then you go out there and you're like, hey, it's not what I expected it to be. Here's my dream, 13 years old, 10 years later, and I can't even get a job. I think you just figure out what you can and can't control. It's a lesson in there's what you can do and what you can't do. And I could apply for jobs and I could continue to work at that. And I did for a year and a half. 
I continuously applied and I set my own goals and benchmarks, whether it's I'm going to apply to five places a day or this a week, or this is where my focus and energy is and continuing to work at it. Um, because that's what I could do. Mm-hmm. I still take that approach. There are things that I can't control. I can't control the economy. I can't control who's hiring. I can't control if I get a call back, but whatever you can control and focus on. And I think right now we're in a time where there's a lot that we can't control. And the more we look inward and the more we take control for ourselves, the more we're able to find success and yeah. appreciate it. I mean, that's really where the mindset's going to come from, right? Yeah. No, and, and, and we'll get to where you're at today, which is, you know, I, I, the emerging leaders aspect of things. But that's really what you coach people on today, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's definitely, it's coming from yourself. And everything else around you, whether it's your boss, whether it's your job, whether it's um, the company, whether it's the economy, you can't control. Right. But it really starts to strengthen your self-leadership and who you are and how you show up is completely within your control and it's completely within your power and building that self-awareness skill for it and working on it is very much where I'm focused right now. Well, and you mentioned too, that I guess is awesome, right? But it seems like there was a, a silver lining to it all that you go back home and you meet someone, right? I did. I ended up meeting my husband. That's awesome. Um, which was very unexpected. Um, it is a cute story, by the way. Thank you. Which I think you should share. Oh, really? <laughs> um, I, I went back home and I waited tables because um, at least for me, restaurants were open, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, and it was an option. Yeah. It's really tough. We now. take for granted. I mean, well, maybe not so much anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not anymore. Yeah. But it, it was the, okay, I can find a quick job. At least I'm going to, you know, make some progress for and sure. do something. Um, and I ended up waiting on his table. It was his culinary school graduation. And I met his parents at that time. And he actually uh, asked for my number. And I said no. Because <laughs> um, I was a professional. <laughs> I was on brand, okay? Um, I don't give out my number when I'm working. So I had him write his number down. And I ended up calling him. But he actually went to the other restaurant I was working at. Because I was, had two jobs at the time. Um, within a week of each other. Was he stalking you or was it just chance? It's serendipitous. Oh, I love it that. It was meant to be. <laughs> and you guys are, you know, been traveling the world together, it seems like, since then. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you, you said after only, what, nine months, you guys ended up in France for a month together? Yeah. And so 10% of your relationship is spent in France? Pretty much. <laughs> um, I like that you quantified it so yeah. well. Um, yeah, he had wanted to travel and I wanted to travel. And it was actually February, which is not the best time to go to It's like here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is the weather very similar? I mean, it's not terrible. Like this is way, way, way worse, but I mean, it's drizzly and cold and gross. Um, and a little bit of snow here and there, but it was the time that we could both leave our restaurant jobs. And so we took the opportunity and neither of us speak French either. (laughs) Well, how was that? Oh, it was fine. Yeah. You know, you talk to each other. Um, I found I'm really good at kind of gesturing and making the effort to try and communicate and he is very perceptive perceptive and so he'll kind of watch what's happening and then we'll try and figure out what's going on and he'll Mm. normally tell me what he's saying back and i'm going to try and figure out how to communicate it again well that's cool cool little dynamic it was a lot of fun and now i'm gonna fast forward a little bit but um so you guys you know, come back, you get a job in advertising, you're working in Portland, right? I'm working in Seattle. Oh, Seattle. So that's I moved right. up so to that's Seattle. Right. That's right. Yeah. Which was really close. Nice to still be close to family. Um, and it was just a really great opportunity. And, you know, <laughs> the first one that came about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it took about a year and a half and and it was the right one. I was really looking for that organization where I could, you know, cut my teeth and work really hard and gain 
perspective and experience. Um, and I definitely got that. <laughs> was it everything you thought when you were 13 years old that you'd be doing in the advertising world? Um, actually, it was interesting. I chose advertising because I wanted to balance a creative execution with a really strong business application. And I love having that goal with advertising where you're, you know, it's measurable and you're trying to achieve something with it, but you get to be really creative in how that comes to fruition. Um, and I ended up with a direct marketing agency. And so I was focused on data, which is very taken for granted now in advertising and marketing. It was a little bit more um, on the cutting edge at that point. So mm. I started getting into data analytics and segmentation and targeting, which really started to <laughs> align my back, my passion actually for math, which is a little weird. Um, I res resonate with that. So I love totally. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I was really able to connect both of those. Uh, it wasn't everything I hoped it would be, but <laughs> they never are. Right? But enough to keep you in, in the game for a minute. Definitely. I mean, I, I, I loved it. And so you said uh, it was after some time, too, that you guys went, you and your husband, decided to go to Europe for four months, right? Yeah. What happened that um, afforded you the opportunity to do that? So we were chatting and kind of started thinking of what are the things that we want to accomplish or do in our lives and in you know, an extended vacation or extended travel or sabbatical as we like to call it, um, was one of those things. Mm -hmm. And so I had, um, uh, our agency actually lost the account and it was this really interesting opportunity where we were just talking about it. And then all of a sudden I realized I could just leave. I wasn't tied to, you know, my goals and I had all these plans and they weren't there anymore. So we said, okay, let's, pack our bags, put everything in storage and take a little bit of a trip and enjoy it. And how'd you pick your destination? What was like, what was the draw or how'd you, you know, find that spot on the map? Uh, we did Europe. Um, we went to Vietnam for our honeymoon actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So we did a little Southeast Asia. Um, and we really wanted, there's so many places in Europe that we were really excited about. And so we started in Northern Italy for mm -hmm. a while and then did a workaway program. That's cool. So I'm excited for you to share that part. Cause I was like, what you did what? Yeah. So we were able to work for room and board essentially, right. and, you know, five hours a day or something. Um, and it really helped, you know, keep our trip in a budget. Um, and we were in an olive and almond farm in and, Spain. And you're not like in a big city here, right? No, this is like rural. Like it was super the country. rural. Um, it was like, Hey, here's a bicycle. If you want to bike like three miles into town and like go to the one little station where there's like, kind of some cookies <laughs> and you were fully aware you were getting yourself into this right yeah i mean so what was the draw to that to want to do that um it, it was that let's take Not a that break. i don't think it's cool but oh, i'm no. just saying um you know i think there's a way that we need to disconnect and refocus and anyone that's been in agency life it, it's intense and the one i was working at was very intense it ages you agency life ages you it's a young man's game yeah young person's game and it really is though right i mean it is. i've heard people just they burn out yeah um and i didn't want to burn out and i was really still passionate about <clears throat> the type of work that i did and being able to take a little bit of a break and just focus on what we were doing and quality of life and what are the things that we really want to focus on and yeah. what is that planning that next step um getting to disconnect was a real luxury <laughs> and i'm glad that we did it so how, you spent four but you didn't spend the whole full four months there it you also been, told me 
that you left that particular family kind of midway through. Yeah, they had a really bad olive harvest, which we weren't planning for. Uh, We were going to be with them for two months, and I think it was just over two weeks. And we found another family um, in southern Spain and watched over their kid, their eight-year-old son. Oh, wait, so you you found, because of that situation, you just left country? No, we were both in Spain. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. um, The first one was in Spain between Valencia and Barcelona. And then we moved to southern Spain. Um, both of them were expats, so we had at least English in common. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and we stayed with them for a while. And it's pretty awesome experience, but it seems like that you really connected with the uh, the second family, right? Oh, yeah. I I kind of have this ability, I think, or, or commonality of always wanting to learn other people's stories and to figure out what's going on and, and have great conversations. So the other family, she's kind of like a an older version of myself, or I was a younger version of her, and we'd stay up until... 3 a.m. in the morning drinking um, bouquet wine or bucket wine that you could go to you know two steps down to the local general store or send your eight-year-old son to go get two euro liters of (laughs) wine and they let that roll there that's cool and so after you know your your time there and you guys are coming back home you took a job back in advertising uh, I did. I went client side. You did? I bet it was for the same client that, that, that you had left. been working for, right? Yeah. So I stayed in really good contact with them. Um, and, you know, we'd, we'd gone through a couple wars together, <laughs> as you do with any um, good for client sure. relationship. And they had an opportunity. So I went and worked for my own client, which is a little hard, with a new agency. Um, nice. And so that took you back to... That took me to Miami. Yeah. Yeah. But wasn't your cup of tea necessarily, was it? No, I liked Miami, but I, f- I call it actually the land of extremes. You're okay. either very young, you're very old, you're very rich, you're very poor, you're very mm. international, you're very uh, hillbilly hick. Mm. Um, so there's kind of not a lot of gray area. And so there was an opportunity in Chicago. And you didn't want to pick either, right? Yeah, I, I'm a little too middle of the road for <laughs> right? that one. I feel you on that. I've never been to Miami. It just doesn't seem like a place that I'm drawn to. It's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And nightlife, I I'm assuming. Live, I didn't even do the nightlife. So what's fun about it then if it's not um, that? I mean, there's gorgeous beaches. The weather's mm. fantastic. There's fun food. Um, it, it's a little cold from a community aspect unless you're from there. Gotcha. Yeah. Like they're not really Very touristy or what? Touristy, but they're not really welcome to outsiders. Mm. I think Chicago, everyone comes and, and you find your tribe. It's not hard. There's no barriers to it. There it's, you didn't grow up to, from in the same neighborhood or you didn't you weren't raised two doors down i don't know who you are and it's really hard to break into it for sure and how how long did you end up staying down there i was there for a year and a half and was that year and a half cut like short or did you just decide that how'd that come about yeah i um kind of got a random call one day Mm -hmm. Uh, someone pulled my resume out of a pile from when i was in seattle and i started interviewing um and it was night it was the right step because i'd actually always wanted to come to chicago when i graduated from college this was my dream job so the seattle um company pulled your resume for a job in chicago then no when i was in seattle the i had started applying for things because i wanted to leave seattle and so the chicago company um kind of pulled my resume out and said hey are you interested in a job things have changed a bit let's talk um so that's what brought me up here i was here for uh 18 hours my first time in Chicago and I was like yep let's do it really yeah you just fell in love I knew I I, and I don't 
often have that, but like when I went to school in Boston, that was a, I knew where I wanted to go. Like when you visited for the first time kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I knew I wanted to go there before I visited. Oh, I okay. knew I wanted to come to Chicago before. Um, I see. B- before even the job yep. presented itself. Actually, the before the, the job was my dream job um, out of college. And it turned out to not be a dream, but um, it was the agency that I wanted to work for. And it was the city. I was like, this is going to be great. This is where I should go. And so when the opportunity presented itself, I jumped on it. Well, you're still here. I mean, I something good Chicago. came out of it, right? I love it. It really, every step on your journey is just that step, right? Yeah. It just keeps evolving. And I'm really grateful for all of the opportunities. And I, I really do feel that I've been fortunate to have opportunities, but I've also known to take them. Yeah. And I think that we're all really given a lot of those opportunities and there's a lot of things out there and sometimes we're not aware of them and sometimes it's just not the right time and sometimes we just don't jump mm-hmm. and i've been fortunate to be able to take a couple of those jumps no and i think it's benefited you and you're so well-rounded and everything we talk about i mean god your expertise in these things is just <laughs> it's off the charts i mean it's awesome to, to to hear your insights on things but it seems that also along the way you've kind of scaled down from the size of the organization that you've been working for right yeah, yeah. Um, it, it has slowed down a little bit. I made that entrepreneurial jump. Yeah. So everything else was Fortune 500 companies or, you know, 200, 500, 700 person agencies. Um, and then I said, okay, I'm a party of one. <laughs> um, when was the first time that you made that? 2015. Uh, so okay. five years ago. Uh, no, six years. Sorry, four years ago. Okay. I made that entrepreneurial jump. And then I just kind of said, let's take it all on ourselves. Thank you so much for the <laughs> education. Yeah, right. Um, but it's time to do my own thing. Now, any entrepreneur watching or listening, and myself included, knows that it's a struggle, right? It's not It's not the same. And sometimes you question yourself. Where are you at right now with that, I guess? You know, four years, where do you feel like your heart is in in terms of the entrepreneurial experience? I early on heard something. I don't remember where I got the advice, but it was very much that why wouldn't you want to bet on yourself? And I have, fortunately, my dad actually thinks I have too much confidence. My mom wanted <laughs> me to a strong, confident woman. He's like, oh, you might be overdoing it. <laughs> yeah. um, so I really built up that resilience and that mm-hmm. knowledge that I'm going to be able to figure it out and that confidence that you have to come back to. And it's really that self-drive or self-leadership even where I know whatever is going to happen there's going to be a way for me to figure it out and at the end of it I'm going to come out and it's never not worked out right sometimes it doesn't work out how you want it to but you're still there you're still doing something it's just a different direction and we've all had those things that don't work Hmm. out the way that we thought they would most things right (laughs) but you keep going right and having a certain confidence and focus on that and then got me through it well you're very confident and I, I know exactly why so i mean it makes sense but it is refreshing to hear you say that because i think it's something that we can adopt right it's it's if it's not part of our our core traits mm-hmm. then we can learn those things and kind of mimic them in others yeah and you can focus on that and mm-hmm. That's something that only you can build and only you can harness and no one can take away from you in a sense. And it's a muscle that needs to be strengthened and it needs to be practiced and it needs to be used a lot. But that's, it's something that is all yours. Yeah. Um, And, you know, 
be humble with it, <laughs> of course. Absolutely. And you still have to, you know, continue to learn, but um, it's just, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Now, going back to the wine that you yeah. brought here, that's where we met, right? Yeah. So we met because you had been working for a company that specialized in tastings and events and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about that, about how you got involved with that. I mean, it seemed like a very small operation too. It was a really small operation. Or it is, I should say. Cause it's um, like, it is, yeah, yeah, sorry. Thank you. Um, it, it's a small operation. And I really kind of found this passion and love for the entrepreneur. Yeah. And I love what they're doing and having that vision. And I, I get sucked into it so <laughs> easily. Just because, you know, people that are driven, that are those entrepreneurs, it's like, oh my God, you have everything. Yeah. Like you've got that picture and there's so much potential and possibility. And I am like a moth to a flame with possibility. <laughs> and so the wine company was a, a good friend and he, you know, is incredibly talented with wine and so brilliant. And I was like, well, I have this whole marketing and operations background let me help you scale it. Yeah, Let yeah. me help you take this to the next level. Um, and it was so much fun. And again, an interesting departure from advertising yeah. and marketing, but you know, you start to build those skill sets and it's the same things that try to take you through any point in business. It's how you're managing people, how you're managing yourself. What is some, the components are always the same. Mm -hmm. It's just meshed into a different industry yeah so when i was in marketing i used to say i'm not going to be i'm not going to ever know your clients better than you i'm not going to know your industry better than you that's your job yep. it's my job to be able to communicate to that people effectively i love that <laughs> it's true it is I, I mean you're you're really that conduit for it and so that's where i entered into wine where <laughs> i got to taste a lot of wine and i got to drink a lot of wine it's like a dream job for most people it's <laughs> not bad <laughs> that's cool and and so i mean not to take away from it yeah. but you know you moved on and i think what you're doing a little more up the road in terms of what i guess our message is in terms of the face chicago business right that you're helping kind of mold the future with these emerging leaders yeah i i really looked at what i was doing from a marketing perspective and just really a service provider perspective and i think service providers really downplay or don't lean into their ability to coach their clients and to support their clients and i went through a lot of the personal challenges and and <laughs> Uh, evolving my career and just trying to manage the conflict and the managers and the the different collaboration collaboration is a huge word these days <laughs> but how do you effectively collaborate yeah. is a really big challenge or how, how do you even identify that you're not collaborating efficiently yeah like it Ooh. takes awareness to do that sometimes you know pointing that out can be a difficult thing to people it is i mean i had people gently point out awarenesses to me and not so gently, mm -hmm. right? Um, I remember someone, my, my boss, I loved her, um, told me to fix my face before I'm going to go to a meeting. And my coworkers are like, oh yeah, you should definitely do that. I'm like, what? <laughs> fix my face? What's wrong I with fix my, my face? Yeah. Like, there's not much I could do about this that. He's awesome. Um, but so I'm like trying to like be effective and professional and you know get my point across and watch my face all of a sudden yeah um so it was great feedback but definitely not delicate <laughs> but when you are navigating not everyone has um e either a that type of feedback or b the ability to internalize it and use it and and focus and harness it mm -hmm. and so i really wanted to create a program for you know i'm dubbing them the emerging leaders 
that want to grow their career, that want to be a leader, that are a little afraid and hesitant to take those steps or don't know how. And leadership is a skill. It is a skill that you can build. Absolutely. And I really look at it as the foundation of good leadership is self-leadership because you have to lead yourself before you're able to lead others. No, I think it's the same thing like people talk about love and that you can't love others until you love yourself. I think it's so true. And it starts with that. How can you care for others? How can you, if you're not taking those steps towards yourself, right? Exactly. So how long have you been doing this for? I mean, I know you've been doing it, I guess, your whole life, right? <laughs> Since you were 13 and decided you're going to get into advertising. But in terms of the emerging leaders and, and packaging in that way where you take your own experiences and pass those on to other people. Yeah. So I partnered um, with a friend of mine who's been doing coaching for decades. Um, and he's really writing that book on self-leadership because what coach isn't writing a book? Um, and I really resonated with it. And so we transitioned it from being this executive and you know, really far-fetched for the CEO down to the people that need it most. Um, and we've been collaborating for probably about six <clears throat> months now and switching that content into the emerging leader experience and that that program. Yeah. What do you love most about it? Ooh. Um, I love being able to be there when someone has those epiphanies and watching someone come to a new realization. Mm. Um, I was talking with my mom this morning actually, and I was reminiscing on how at 13 I wanted to go into advertising, but it was always my goal and my, my dream to be a VP. Hmm. Right. And so she built this strong, confident woman and I'm so excited. I'm going to go out there and take on the world. And I want to be number two. <laughs> what? I was going to ask, but I was like, I'll let you. No. I'm sure this is going towards it's, that. It's yeah. going to a story, right? <laughs> like who wants to be number two? That was right? my dream. Um, and, and I kept putting myself in these positions where I was always this support person. And I hmm. was able to take those pieces and be the strong person that you could throw ideas at. And that would push you to think further mm. and build on it. And I love that building and which is why I love the entrepreneurs. Mm. And when I really realized with coaching, I was able to still control my own destiny and still be in charge of my, my job and my company. But I was able to give back in that way where people need that extra sounding board. They need that extra ability to build the awareness. They need the outside perspective and to do so with care and compassion and excitement. So people are basically hiring you as their VP, <laughs> right? A passionate VP at that. I'm passionate. Uh, I want to be every person's VP. That's what I'm saying. That seems right? like that seems like kind of like what you're doing. You're your own CEO over here, but you, you kind of outsource yourself as a VP to everyone else, whether get, it be their personal or professional life, right? Mm-hmm. I get to plug in. That's awesome. So for the people who are watching and listening, who would be ideal uh, to, to reach out to you? Who should be calling you? Yeah. Um, I, I kind of dub myself the, that millennial coach. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is the first time in my career I've ever admitted to being a millennial, <laughs> which is really uncomfortable. Right. Cause I always wanted to hide it and not tell people yeah. like, Oh, I'm not a millennial. I don't identify with right? them. It is. It, yeah. it was really hard. It was this weird stigma. Oh, you millennials. It's always like the previous generation or whatever. Yeah. And it's exhausting it and is. it's just not true. And we can talk about labels. Well, every generation time. does that. Like the previous generation does that to every you know exactly. up and coming generation so but we have a real opportunity where we're starting to come into leadership roles yeah and you know baby boomers are retiring and it's those people that are the first-time managers or they're starting to lead a department and when you make that realization between being a manager and being a leader 
it's, it's life changing. You you really realize, wow, I have some gaps. Wow. I need to start working on myself. How can I bring more to this organization? How can I bring more to my team? And that's really where that emerging leadership experience takes, takes flight. That's awesome. And it's needed. Thank you. So if you meet that criteria, please reach out to Megan directly or (laughs) click on the link below. But Megan, it's been a pleasure wonderful thank you not just for the amazing conversation but also for the incredible wine that you brought uh so i can't wait to continue to get to know you and and share your story on uh, at another time thank you i look forward to it awesome thank you megan cheers